Well, you're here on Baptism Sunday, and baptism is one of the most unusual things uh, that Christ followers do. I mean, think about it. You ever invited a bunch of neighbors in your, you know, from your neighborhood and say, hey, I want you to come on over tonight to the house, and I'm going to just plunk myself in a bowl of water in front of you. I'm going to be partially dressed, but I just want you to see me in this water outfit that I'm going to wear. So it's kind of an unusual thing. And there are some people that put kind of a mystical, magical, you know, interpretation on it, but I, I hope today... I hope today I can give every single person in here crystal clarity, perhaps some that have thought they had clarity but didn't have clarity, about what baptism does and does not mean. So let, let me start with this statement. Here we go. Baptism is an outward expression of a, of a what? Inward decision. So something's already happened inside each of these people or should have happened inside of these people they made a decision about something an inward decision to put our trust in who and do what and that's what it means to be a christian when i make the decision which is not outward at all it happens on the inside when i come to the conclusion that christ is worthy of all my trust so much so that now i want to follow him i want to learn his ways i want to learn his will i want to live the way he lives i want to love the way he loves i want to follow him fully and i'm following him freely and i want to follow him forever when i come to that conclusion when christ has gained my trust well then i'm now prepared to be baptized now this this kind of raises a lot of interesting issues because what I have found through the years, and, and some of these children over here, they always make me really nervous about this because I know parents, you're all eager. You want to get your kids in the water. You, you feel like that that's going to assure them of heaven and things like that, but it has nothing to do with heaven. Getting in this water, how many of you know, or at least act like you know, getting in this water is not going to guarantee you going to heaven. It will guarantee you're wet. <laughs> that's it. So, some people tend to think, let me go further, lots of people tend to think that baptism is about getting something for ourselves. It is about achieving something for ourselves. It is about assuring ourselves of something. It is about assuring ourselves, for example, that we're cleansed and forgiven of our sin. We think that when you get in that water and that water washes over you, you're, you're sure then that your sins are forgiven. You're washed of your sins. Some people think that when you get in that water, you're sure then you're really a part of God's family. You're not a part of God's family until you get in that water, but you get in that water, you go under, you're a part of God's family. Other people think that once you get the initiation, you get in there, you get the water all over you, now you're sure that should you die, you're going to go to heaven and have eternal life. So I just want to start by saying none of that is true. This water will not achieve any of those things. This water is for those who have already settled those issues. It is for those that because they have put their trust in Christ and chosen to become his follower, they already trust Christ's promise of forgiveness of sins, and they are sure of forgiveness. They already trust Christ's promise of the gift of eternal life to anyone that puts their trust in him and becomes his follower. They are already assured they are a part of the family of God because of what Christ promised that anyone who would put their trust in him and become his follower is born again into the very family of God. So I want to say this very clearly. The people that go in this water that really experience what God wants us to experience when we are baptized, they are already Christians. They have already made the decision to put their trust in Christ and become his follower. And by the way, everybody's following somebody. You'll never meet a human being that's not following somebody. And if you can find or if anybody can find somebody better to follow than Christ, well, then go for it. 
but I cannot think of anybody that's ever appeared on this planet better to follow than Christ. And he's got quite a criteria for trust. He created the universe, and yet he loves you and I individually, sacrificially enough that he would go to the cross in order to gain our trust and free us from the destructive power of sin, which is what his death on the cross was meant to do. So baptism is not to get something or to achieve something baptism is telling a story all of these folks without knowing it they're going to be proclaiming some of the most intimate deep truths the most important things about themselves to all of us they're going to be saying that Christ matters more to me the word of God matters more to me the will of God matters more to me than anything or anyone else and I'm taking a stand today publicly to let the rest of the watching world know this that's what baptism is really about so let me let's drill down deeper I'm going to show you some verses and we'll kind of let this thing unpack a little more what's the meaning of this inward decision this inward decision to trust Christ and to become his follower let's drill down Matthew 28 when Jesus rose from the dead he went to his followers and he said these words then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore what's that first word go and do what what is a disciple well to really know what a disciple is you have to go back in the first century when the when the first people heard this word the people that were around Jesus when they heard the word disciple what came to their mind well a disciple was one that in their seeking of God they found a teacher that they believed was accurately communicating the truth about God and the truth about life and they decided they would immerse themselves in the teaching of that teacher so that they could become like the teacher. They were so impressed by the teaching and the teacher and the teacher's lifestyle, they said, I'm going to be your follower. I'm going to be your learner. I'm going to be your disciple because I want to learn everything that you know about God and about life, and I'm going to put it into practice because I want to be like you. That's what it meant to be a disciple. We need to hear this today. It's not about making some kind of decision based on a belief that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. That's critical and important. But those facts are meant to stir trust in us that says, I don't know who else the rest of the world is following, but I'm following you, Lord Jesus. So he says, go. Notice it's an aggressive mission. It's not that we're to sit around and wait for someone else to do it. It's we that are his followers already. We're to go. We're to make disciples of all nations. And then we get into this part, the part that we're going to do today, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, baptizing. Oops, a little, a little fast, a little fast on the trigger there. Baptizing, it, it's a transla- transliteration. In, in the, the New Testament, it's written in Koine Greek. So the Greek word is baptizo. And we just took it in English, put it into an English form. But what it meant in those early days, again, historical context is critical. It was used of cloth dyers. And so let's picture, I have a white piece of cloth, and I now plunge it underneath of purple dye, the royal color in those days, so when that cloth goes under that dye and the dye penetrates the cloth now follow this this is critical to understand what's happening in here what, what these people are saying has happened inside of them that cloth is forever changed that dye has penetrated that cloth in such a way that that cloth will never look or be the same again When so many decades ago I put my trust in Christ and became his follower, it started a change process in my life so that 
the old Randy that existed was for all practical purposes dead and gone and a new Randy came to life who lived the rest of his days as a follower of Christ as revealed on, in God's word. We can't say we're following Christ if we're ignorant of God's word. We can't say we're following Christ if we're not interested in studying God's word. We can't say we're following Christ if we haven't immersed ourselves intentionally in God's word. You're gonna see that in a minute. Now, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son, the, the name of God in the Old Testament in particular, it meant the character, the person of God. So Jesus is saying that we're going to be those. The people going in this water, they're saying, I'm going to live my life, the rest of my life, as one that is immersed in the character and the presence of God. And the truth about God and what he says is true about life has so penetrated me like the dye penetrates the cloth that I am forever changed. I'll live the rest of my life with a God consciousness, with a God awareness. I'll live the rest of my life wanting to live the way God designed me to live instead of the way I feel like living. They're, they're saying all that. Now, they might not know this, but they are. They're proclaiming. They're giving a message. They're telling a story when they go into this water. Let's go on now. So after the baptizing them, and doing what to them? Teaching them to do what? Obey everything I've commanded. So here's Jesus saying the way you immerse them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, the way you immerse them in the name and nature and character of God is you teach them the word of God. And you don't, you don't teach them the word of God to learn it academically. It is taught to be, what is the word? Can you say it with me? Obeyed. If I'm not putting it into practice, it's not meeting the goal that God designed it for. It will leave me unchanged, and that water won't, won't mean a thing. So these people, they're saying that they're going to live the rest of their life as a follower of Christ, immersed in the word of God so that they can do the will of God before the watching eyes of a watching world. That's, that's what it means. So they're not gaining something. They're not achieving something. They're not getting the secret handshake. They're telling a story as they go into this water of something that's happened inside of them before they get there. There's one more part of this story. In Romans chapter 6, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? The idea being, hey, the more we sin and the more God forgives us, the better it makes God look. There were some that actually were confused about that. But listen to what Paul, the apostle, says. By no means... We are those who have, what does it say? Died to sin. What does that mean, died to sin? And when did that happen? Well, let's read on. We are those that have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were, what's the word? Baptized into Christ Jesus were what? baptized into his death just as Jesus died for us to rescue us from sin by regaining our trust so that we would follow him fully and freely and forever so now when we put our trust in Christ we view what he calls sin differently than we did before I used to think of sin was just you know whatever people said uh, I, I just tried to find things that were pleasurable in life I just did what I wanted when I wanted how I wanted but when Christ showed me the truth about God and the truth about life and started opening my eyes I realized when he said something was sin it was bad for me whether I understood it or not and it was bad for others whether I understood it or not God is not some fuddy-duddy when he calls something sin it is sand in the internal machinery of our souls it is sand in the fabric of society if you look at human history sin is the reason there's so much hatred and warfare and so much con conflict again and again so 
there's a kind of a spiritual death that these people are declaring. They're saying, you know what? Before I was a follower of Christ, I just lived any way I want. But now that I trust him, what he says do, I'm going to do. What he says stop doing, I'm going to stop doing. I've died to sin. Sin's not going to have mastery over me anymore because I see it for what it is. I see it as destructive. God knows me better than I know myself. He loves me more than I love myself. So I'm going to trust him. And that's going to bring a break in my life between myself and sin. I'm not going to consider it the spice of life anymore. I'm going to consider it the poison to my soul that God says that it is. So they're going to be declaring they, have, they are those that have died to sin. Meaning, the rest of the verse explains, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Now, this shows that there's going to be an ongoing conflict for these folks to go in, just as there is for every Christian. It's not that sin is going to instantaneously stop uh, testing me or seducing me or tempting me. It doesn't mean that all of my habits are going to instantaneously go away, but it does mean that I'm now alert to them. I know that's destructive, and no matter how much I have to fight it, no matter how much I have to battle it, I will, by God's grace, root this thing that he calls sin out of my life. So there's a death to sin that these people are declaring. Now, let me give you a summarization. Baptism proclaims. So these people are telling a story. They're proclaiming. They're not acquiring something. They're not getting something. They're not achieving something. They're not assuring themselves of something. They're proclaiming something. My life, they're proclaiming. My life will exhibit a progressive Christ-like transformation due to my continuing immersion in God's will and ways through his what? No immersion in God's word. No understanding of God's will and God's ways. No transformation of life to become more Christ-like. Does that make sense? We good? Let's go on to the second part of this. So what's the importance of the outward expression? Because it's a bit of a bizarre ceremony, is it not? I mean, who, who wants to publicly stand before a bunch of strangers in many cases and be dunked underwater? I mean, it's just not something that we feel comfortable with. If, if we were honest, some people are nervous about it. Some people are downright stressed out. Some people might even be almost at the edge of panic for various reasons. It's, so why? Why would God have us do something as absurd as this? to plunge somebody underwater. Now, we've looked a little bit at the meaning, but I want to take you somewhere that you've got to hear, especially in the day and age that we're living in, because this will be tested fiercely, fiercely in our day and age for the rest of your life and the rest of our lives. All right, listen to Jesus' words about this. Matthew 10, he says to his followers, you will be loved by everyone because of me. That's not good news. He says, you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to how long? The end will be saved. So Jesus is saying that there's, there's a public component of being his follower, and it's going to bring a, a lack of popularity, not more popularity. Let's go on. What I tell you, this is Jesus talking to his followers, what I tell you in the dark, you speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear proclaimed from where? the roofs Jesus is saying when you learn from the word of God the will of God and the ways of God you must look for opportunities to teach it to proclaim it to share it to weave it into conversations with everyone everywhere you go he's saying you don't you don't hide it you proclaim it you go public with it let's go on 
Do not be afraid of those who kill the body. I think most of us are afraid of those who kill the body, but he says, do not be afraid of those who, you know, who kill the body, but cannot kill the what? Soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can do what? Destroy or annihilate. I'll just leave it a food for thought. Who can destroy or annihilate both soul and body in hell. I don't know what your thoughts are about hell, but according to this verse, if there were none other, and there's lots of others, cell is a place, or hell is a place where there's a, a finish, an annihilation of both body and soul. That's not my point, though. Jesus is saying, don't be afraid of people. The worst they can do is kill you. He's saying, have a higher respect for God. Now, whoever acknowledges me before who? Others. Others. I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before who? Others. I will disown before my Father in heaven. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Leave, leave that on there for a bit. Whoa, this is big stuff. Jesus is saying, you must be so public in your identification with me, and your devotion to me must be so supreme that you will put me before your dearest, most beloved family members. Now, why would he make such an outrageous claim as that? Because what Jesus knows is this. He created you. He created me. He has loved us from eternity. He knows us from the inside out. He's known your every thought, your every tear, your every fear, your, your every struggle. There's no one that ever, not your mother, not your father, not your brother, not your sister, not your husband, not your wife, not your best friend. There is no one that will ever love you or I as much as Jesus. Therefore, he can rightly say, your devotion to me, your trust in me has got to be supreme because I know what's best, I want what's best, and the rest of these folks may try to draw you in a direction based on their affection and your affection for them that could be destructive. But he's emphasizing you're going to have to be public, you're going to have to be open, you're going to have to be bold about your allegiance to me, your loyalty to me, your devotion to me. Why this public display? It is the first step of a lifelong determination to be publicly identified with Christ everywhere we go, everything we do, every way that we can. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6 about, or Matthew 5 about this. He said to those that are his followers, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to who? Everyone. I can't give light. Light is the truth about God and the truth about life as God reveals it in his word. I can't give light unless I open my mouth and I share the truth about God, and I share the truth about life that comes from his word, which means I have to openly, publicly identify with Christ. I can't stay silent. I can't stay hidden. I can't shrink back and never give an opinion when, when opinions are being asked, and I've got an opinion based on God's word. I have to be willing to step up to the plate and share that truth. So he says, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And by the way, don't be thinking, yeah, I'll just let them see my good deeds. Unless our good deeds are accompanied by an open mouth proclaiming that the reason for our good deeds is because I'm just living the way Christ 
has taught me to live the way that God designed me to live unless we add that to it we are putting the lid over our light we're stifling the light we're not sharing God's truth in the way that he intended us to share it all right one last statement baptism baptism proclaims remember they're telling a story they're giving a proclamation they're not achieving anything they're not gaining anything they're not assuring themselves of anything baptism proclaims my trust in Christ is such is such that I will both spontaneously and what's the next word intentionally spontaneously because man when when you trust someone and you love someone the way that a Christian loves Christ you can't help but to talk about him you you just you can't help but to look for opportunities but there's also an intentionality I know that part of my mission once I become a disciple I'm part of a disciple making movement and in order to make disciples of others I have to open my mouth I have to let the light of God shine out of my life and I do that by proclaiming the truth about God and about life seizing intentionally every opportunity that I have to share this truth with others and to seek if possible to draw them to Christ and invite them closer to God so both spontaneously and intentionally proclaim my devotion to him how openly and what now this is a good place for us to stop and ask ourselves a question if I call myself Christian one that has put their trust in Christ and become his follower have I been looking for those opportunities intentionally creating opportunities looking for ways to bring attention to Christ and his activity in my life am I am I openly and always looking for ways to share Christ to share truth about him and to invite others closer to him if I'm not doing that my baptism it didn't proclaim my story that's what baptism is meant to proclaim that I'm going to live forevermore as a disciple who is part of a disciple making movement and I can't be part of that disciple making movement unless I open this mouth of mine publicly identify myself with Christ with God's truth when anything but God's truth is being pushed in the arena that I'm living in I'm going to share it I'm going to do it respectfully and wisely but I'm going to share it that's who we are called to be and what we are called to do this is why, by the way, as cute as it is to see little kids get baptized, I'm never that comfortable with it. Unless you, mom and dad, have clearly coached and taught your child that they are making a commitment before a watching world that they're going to live for the rest of their life as one that's going to live obedient to Christ. They're going to follow him because they trust him entirely. They're just going to get wet, and they might even be confused. It's not an unusual thing for us to have people say, yeah, I was baptized as a kid, but I didn't know what I was doing. And so now here I am, I'm 35 years old, and I really understand what it means, and I'm, I'm going to get baptized now. How many of you have met, met people like that? I meet them all the time. Now, I also know of kids that at a very young age put their trust in Christ, and they are the real deal. They never deviate. So we're not talking about kids, though, today. We're talking about all these folks and we're talking about ourselves because you might be here today and you may not be a real Christian yet you may be still considering Christ I hope that maybe something will occur here today that will provoke you to put your trust in Christ and become his follower and if you decide you want to make that decision today that inward decision and you want to show it outwardly by being baptized you can do it today we have we have clothes for you we'll give you a change of clothes 
we have towels we have everything you need that you can be baptized and walk out of here reasonably dry and uh, and hopefully as as a light to the world a faithful follower of Christ going into your various venues of life all right let's pray and we'll get ready to do some baptizing father we thank you for this amazing amazing thing that you've created for us to be a participant in we thank you for the lives of every one of these people that are going to be baptized this day and may your spirit impart to them the gravity and the beauty of this stand that they are taking may it characterize the rest of their lives that they will be public lights for you everywhere they go everything they do and may we who listen today be inspired to do the same we ask all this in Christ's name amen